Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. Powered by BetUS. 879-BETUS or BetUS.com. So week two is upon us, Seattle Seahawks, Patriots on Sunday night, Sunday night football. If this game is played in Seattle with the air quality, sounds like it's going to happen. The Greg Bedard Patriots podcast, of course, with Nick Cattles is brought to you by BetUS. Support Boston Sports Journal by checking out BetUS.com and get set up today. Be sure to tell them that Boston Sports Journal sent you. Let's start where we pretty much always start, Greg. Cam Newton this weekend, obviously a tougher task ahead of him with Seattle's defense versus what we saw last weekend against that Dolphins team. Yeah, no question. And Nick, this is this Seattle defense has, I don't want to say been kryptonite to Cam Newton, but it's been a tough chore, just like they really have been for every quarterback in the league. But, you know, Cam comes into this, he's, he's, he's faced them eight times. Um, he is... Actually, I think it's nine times. One in five in the regular season. He might have been hurt for one of those. Yeah. Um, one in one in the postseason. Uh, his rushing average in the regular season against them is 4.98. In the postseason, it's 1.82. Uh, completion percentage is 57% in the regular season. Um, you know, this is going to be a very tough chore. Uh, I watched some of the Seahawks film and, you know, sort of what jumps out and what's going to be a problem for Cam Newton and this Patriots team is, you know, they're fast. They're they're fast all over the place. And I think yeah. really the addition of Jamal Adams from the Jets at safety really puts the icing on the cake because, you know, Bobby Wagner's probably the best middle linebacker in the game. He's fast. He's smart. KJ, KJ Wright uh, is probably the best – uh, you know, sort of rangy linebacker who can cover right, tight side ends. Right, sideline to sideline kind of guy. Yeah, he he can sort of do it all. And if you have a good tight end, he's going to put the clamps on him. Um, and then you you add in Jamal Adams. And, and the thing I think that struck me the most watching them on film against the Falcons uh, was that they, they, are, they are letting Jamal Adams be Jamal Adams. They are letting him be very aggressive, play forward, where normally – you know, in in the Seahawks defense that everybody remembers with Earl Thomas as the free safety and Cam Chancellor as the strong safety, you know, Earl was the sideline to sideline middle of the field guy. And then Cam was sort of the enforcer, but he didn't really, he didn't really blitz a whole lot. He was more, he was there to thump somebody coming over the middle or to cover a, a tight end. But Jamal Adams, they will first play of the game against the Falcons. He's up there right on the line of scrimmage, busting into the backfield. And so, 
I, I think that that adds a, a different layer to it. And I also think one of the reasons why Seattle does a pretty good job against Cam Newton and other athletic quarterbacks is because Pete Carroll, the head coach, comes from the college ranks in, in, at USC where yeah. they, they saw a lot of this stuff. So, uh, you know, and also, you know, the NFC West, you know, now they have Kyler Murray. They see a lot of these things. And so I think they're prepared more than other teams for sort of the curveballs like we saw with the Dolphins last week. You know, a lot of their linebackers were sort of almost running into each other or didn't know what to do. That will not be the case against Seattle. Yeah, it's funny because Greg Williams had mentioned the Jets defensive coordinator when they traded Jamal Adams to Seattle. He said, oh, he's going to be bored. He's gonna, it's going to be boring for Adams. <laughs> and then, of course, after week one, Adams comes out and says, it wasn't boring. I mean, right away he tells the media it wasn't boring, letting Greg Williams know that uh, you're full of crap. They've got me moving around. They've got me doing some different things here. And when you look at Cam statistically against Seattle, Seattle has done a great job against him. I mean, he's averaged fewer than 200 passing yards a game, eight touchdowns, six picks. So like you said, you know, this is going to take more of a Herculean effort from the Patriots, especially up front to try to protect Cam and give him some time to, to make his reads. And I do wonder what kind of wrinkles, Greg, when you look at this offense, like one of the things that jumps out to me, I think they called maybe one RPO all of last Sunday against Miami. It was all read option. They might've called one RPO. Yep. I would expect more of that this weekend. I would expect some wrinkles that, that build upon that foundation from last weekend. What are some things that you're looking for breaking down the film, looking at Seattle defensively, what McDaniels might be thinking heading into Sunday night? Well, uh, that's a good question. And, and I think from, you know, studying McDaniels all these years, uh, they like to use the strength of, of a defense. They like to use it against them. So when you, when you look at Seattle's defense, you are thinking, all right, they are fast. So how do you take advantage of, a fast defense. Yeah. Um, you won't see a lot of, I, I, I don't know how much read option you're going to see. I think you're going to see more of, they, they like to run a lot of traps and it, because Seattle is very uh, undisciplined on the defensive line. One, th there was room for the, the, for the Falcons to run. And sometimes they did run successfully between the tackles. And that's because the, the Seahawks aren't very disciplined. And so, you know, what the Patriots will do is basically they, they'll have a guy that they, they don't want to block. Whoever they think is the dumbest and, <laughs> and, and fastest guy on the defensive line. And there's a lot of them. I mean, Bruce, Bruce Irvin, I don't think is any rocket scientist no, you know, no. at defensive end and, and some of their interior guys. So they will pick guys and they'll mix it up where they will basically lead them on block. They're basically leaving a piece of cheese there to see whether they take it, which is like, yeah, here you go charge up the field and what happens is that guy goes up the field and all of a sudden there's a humongous gap and I think I think quick hitting runs up the middle they'll also have plays that look similar passing plays that look similar to those they'll sort of layer those in and I think I think one thing that we did not see in week one that I think purposely the Patriots held back is we really didn't see that many screens which really yeah really surprised me. I agree me. with you. I think that's one wrinkle that you will see. Screens to the running yep. backs, to the tight ends, and even some of those bubble screens to Nikhil Harry and their other receivers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, one thing, I, I don't know if we're going to get into it much, but if people want to 
read more about it at bostonsportsjournal.com. Today I, po- uh, I published a story because the coach's film finally got up. And so I finally got to view it. And so there were some things. <laughs> By to- the way, that was before you continue. I, I saw all you guys that watched the all 22s <laughs> and stuff. Man, were you guys angry this week over NFL.com taking forever to post the all 22. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's like going around without a limb for, you know, (laughs) finally we get football for week one and I'm like, all right, finally some film that I can go off of. And and then there's not film for like three days. Like normally you get it on Monday night. It wasn't up till like Wednesday night or Thursday morning. And so, uh, but, but one of the things that stood out to me, um, there were a couple, number one, and I think we talked about this um, in Tuesday's podcast was um, Cam Newton was late on some passes. Right. Um, and, and that's going to be a constant issue for him. Even on, you know, we talked about the Julian Edelman pass that he dropped, um, and it was a drop. We talked about it being high. But what I didn't notice till I watched the film was it was late too. Like Cam, there, there, and there were a couple passes like that to Edelman where if, if he hits them as soon as he gets to his break or comes out of his break, all of a sudden Edelman can catch the pass and face the safety instead of having his back and taking a blow. Um, but but I, I think one of the things I noticed on there, and I'll be very interested to see what they do, um, is, and this was the point of my column, which was, and, and we sort of talked about this on Tuesday, which is, Cam Newton at the line of scrimmage doesn't have many controls basically right now. And it's not a surprise for him being new and week one and everything. Basically he was running the play that was called into him. And where in the past with Tom Brady, the number one tenant of the Patriots offense is don't run any bad plays. And that means, you know, when you have a running play and there are eight guys in the box and you only have six blockers, you don't run that play in the past. Brady would make some sort of check, audible. Sometimes he would change the play out of whole cloth at the line of scrimmage, and he would get the Patriots into a better play. And Cam Newton didn't have that ability. And I think that this is a tough spot for them to face the Seahawks uh, because the Dolphins were a nice soft open. They didn't, you know, yeah, they, they got them on some plays, but they didn't really exploit it. This Seattle team is that fast and that good on defense that I think they are going to come out there and they are going to say, you know what? We're putting eight guys in the box. Do your little – we're coming after you. And that's that's often a tactic that teams use uh, against teams. You see it a lot in college where they have running quarterbacks. They will just bring the house and make you beat them through the air. And, and I think that's a tactic. I assume McDaniels is anticipating that. He is going to have plays early that will take advantage of that. I do think – I think the traps in the running game – uh, I think the screen game is going to be humongous. And, and one thing that I will be looking for uh, that goes along with what we're talking about is there were times where they would come to the line of scrimmage and run running play. But if Brady was there, they would have a real quick check to, to go to, like, say, a quick wide receiver screen where they step back, catch the ball, and then go. We didn't yeah. see any of it in that game. No. I think that has to be a factor – this season for sure it would be real nice to have that in the arsenal at least on a couple plays this week or else the Patriots are going to have a lot of bad plays in this game and they're going to have a tough time if Seattle gets on top of them uh, they're going to have a tough time catching up yeah we talk about can this offense play from behind Do, do they have enough firepower the passing game has been questioned since the beginning of camp do they have enough if they get down a score two scores 
do they have enough to come fighting back? And, and that's, we'll see. I mean, the jury is still out on that. I would lean towards no, at least not right now, in the infancy with this offense between McDaniels and Newton. I also look at the, you know, other matchup here, which is obviously the Patriots' defense versus Seattle's offense. And the Patriots' defense, the front seven, played fairly well last weekend, yep. I think surprised a lot of people. This is going to be a different kind of animal. You've got Russell Wilson, who can tuck and run if, if he needs to. He manipulates the pocket by moving around. He can go, you know, east, west, north, south in that pocket to give you some trouble. And, you know, Chris Carson is a good back. I think the most fascinating matchup, though, Greg, is the passing offense of Seattle, which was terrific last week. Wilson was 31 of 35, over 300 yards passing, four touchdowns, no picks. He was terrific last Sunday. It was against the Falcons. And I'm yeah. not the biggest fan of that coaching staff, especially Quinn. But when you, when you look at this matchup and you've got the secondary of the Patriots and you've got now some weapons in Seattle with Lockett and Metcalf and Greg Olson and Will Disley, I think that's going to be fascinating because as much as you say Seattle's going to come after New England, and I, I agree with you, and I'm not sold on that running game being nearly as good as it was against Miami. Yep. I also think when you flip this game around, I think the Patriots are going to try to force Seattle to run the football and say, we're going to take these guys out. Russell Wilson is not going to throw for 300 yards against us this weekend. You're going to have to beat us with Chris Carson. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with you. If, if I'm Bill Belichick, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going two deep safeties and saying like, look, you know, we, <laughs> you're, you're going to need to run the ball. You know, we're not going to give you anything. We're going to go two-man all the time, two safeties over the top. Uh, how they match up with the wide receivers, you know, should be interesting. I, I thought uh, a couple of the wrinkles that the Seahawks showed in that game, and, and it, it must be noted that Seattle was going up against Dan Quinn, who used to be Seattle's defensive yes. coordinator. So they yep. knew exactly – basically they were, it was like playing against themselves. So <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. so that was an advantage for them, and it's a little bit um, – you know, it's a little bit of a, of, of a fantasy, I think. But I think a couple of the wrinkles that stood out to me was uh, they ran some screens, which you hardly ever see from Seattle. And you also even saw a little bit of – you know, we talk about the Patriots doing some different things with Cam Newton. There was some triple option out there with – you know, Tyler Lockett running behind and like all of a sudden that, that throws different things in there. But I mean, you know, you're right. They're, they're weaponry, I think. But when you look at the Seattle D, uh, offense, it's the, it's the same weakness. Like they, their offensive line stinks. It does. I mean, Dwayne Brown is good at left tackle. Yeah. And the, the rookie Damian Lewis at right guard is pretty good and was pretty promising in his first game. But Mike Iupati at left guard is way past his prime. Uh, Posick in the middle at center is okay at times. Uh, he's not very fast. Uh, Brandon Shell at right tackle. I mean, when you have to – and we talked about – and I talked about this with Danny O'Neill of the uh, ESPN Seattle in the On the Beat segment that people will hear coming up. But, you know, he, he made the joke about, like, if you're importing – New York Jets rejects. Um, you're in a tough spot on the offensive line. And <laughs> Shell Shell got it handed to him. You know, you whoever is on that side, I would like to see Chase Winovich line up on that side at times uh, to take advantage of Shell with his quickness. I don't think John Simon can exploit that. I'd rather have. I'd rather waste John Simon um, and Shalik Calhoun and guys like that on Dwayne Brown. Uh, but they, they're going to have to find a way 
to bring pressure. We saw some success with it with Juwan Bentley and Adrian Phillips. They're going to have to get pressure up the middle. But, of course, Nick, a running quarterback, athletic quarterback, the Patriots have always had trouble with these guys. And one thing we're going to hear ad nauseum until kickoff on Sunday night is you can't run by the quarterback. You got to set the edge. You can't let him out of the pocket. You know, all that, all that integrity that you're going to have to hold as a pass rush, it's going to be vitally important. It's cliche, but it is vitally important because, you know, Russell Wilson will just wreck a game plan all by himself. Yeah, you get too far down the field with your pressure it's going to be a nightmare. And Wilson is very smart. He never puts himself in a bad spot. When he runs the football, he either gets out of bounds or he gets down quickly. He's a very cerebral quarterback. And I think that's why Belichick was throwing verbal bouquets his way this week, just falling in love with Wilson all over again, telling (laughs) us how he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And he is. I think he's the second best quarterback in the NFL behind Patrick Mahomes. I think he's that good. And it's funny You know, you talk about the offensive line. I actually think this is one of the better offensive lines that Wilson has had in years because Pete Carroll. Yeah, it is. And (laughs) Pete Pete Carroll and John Schneider have both pretty much gone into every single season saying, we're not going to invest a lot in the offensive line. They don't believe the offensive line is as important as other teams. They do like the anti, they're like the anti Patriots. They're like, yeah, the Patriots, (laughs) the Patriots just wing it at receiver and tight end going into seasons, but they have a really good offensive line and Seattle wings it on the offensive line and gets all the targets. It is. I mean, it's true that that's their philosophy that they don't spend, you know, a great amount of draft capital on the offensive line. And they're usually not willing to spend a ton of money on the offensive line. They figure they'll piece it together. And with Wilson's legs, he'll be able to do enough to get out of trouble. And so far, I guess you could say it's worked. They went to two Super Bowls. They won one and they've been in the conversation. I think they're a Super Bowl contender this year. So it'll be interesting to see if that defensive front of the Patriots can break through that offensive line and cause some trouble and also be able to keep that responsibility, like you said. Uh, Before we get into Danny O'Neill's interview with you, of course, Danny is from ESPN Seattle. Tell us about BetUS, Greg. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Listen up, sports bettors. This is Greg Bedard here to tell you about my favorite sports book. That's BetUS. Football, basketball, and baseball are all back, and that means it's time to get down your bets. I only endorse one sportsbook, and that is BetUS.com. Why, you ask? BetUS is the pioneer in online betting with more than 25 years in the biz. You need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity, and you need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sportsbook that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, golf. Patrick Reed was my uh, pre-tournament pick i should have gotten not tiger woods i saw that a bunch of money was going in on woods really like, yeah yeah a lot of money was going in on Woods. he hasn't played very much lately but anyways mm-hmm. nobody in the industry gives bigger bonuses than bet us go to betus.com now and fill out your information this is important it only takes a minute when you get to the how did you hear about us box type in boston sports journal and you can get up to 100 150 percent in bonuses on your first deposit nobody beats that I bet at BetUS, and so should you. Join BetUS today, and don't forget to type in Boston Sports Journal to get up to 150% bonus on your first deposit. BetUS, BetUS, BetUS.com. Let's hear from uh, Danny O'Neill, who sat down with Greg. Of course, Danny is from ESPN Seattle. Then we'll be right back, Greg and I, to uh, partake in the BostonSportsJournal.com member question of the day. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast brought to you by BetUS.com. Uh, it's that time of the week when we do our On the Beat segment with one of my old buddies uh, that covers the other team. This week, we are going with Danny O'Neill uh, from ESPN Seattle. He's been, uh, we're just old now at this point. We've been doing this. It's true. It's true. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. How are you, Greg? Good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um We'll just dive right into it because uh, I know we're, we're both a little short on time. But I, I guess the the number one question right now, uh, so my first question would be, a lot of people are worried about is this game even going to happen on Sunday night with the wildfires and everything. I know, I, I think there's, Belichick talked about it, I think Carol talked about it, that the, the weather report is looking good. But um, sort of what what's your sense of what's going on there in Seattle? And uh, do you think this game goes off without a hitch on Sunday night? I do think the game will go off. Most of the weather reports are looking for – you're hoping for some kind of storm, either some wind or some precipitation to come through, and, and that is expected to happen. It's obviously something that's affected the entire West Coast right now, and it's a trend we've really seen for the last three or four years. But – uh, I do think that the, the air quality index today was, it was 175 is, is what I'd heard. And it needs to be below 200. If it gets above 200 at game time, they, they wouldn't play. But I do, mm-hmm. I do think that it is going to be, it is going to be okay for them. And I think they'll be able to play. Okay. Uh, my second question is, so the Seahawks played their uh, opener last weekend uh, at Atlanta. Um, so I can't ask you about, you know, what's, what's uh safe go what's seattle like without fans which everybody's interested to see on sunday night but just you know from being a longtime observer with this team anything stand out from that game against the falcons something that's a little different or anything that caught your eye i mean what's your general impressions about what you saw in the opener i think they're going to have a more um air oriented approach early in games Uh, this team i think the last year in the first quarter I think it was like 38% of their first quarter plays were passes. That was the lowest percentage of any team in the league. And this past game, it was up at 60%. Seven of their first 11 plays were passes. Um, I think, I think that's part of what we're going to see is, is a trend is they're not going to certainly steer away from running the ball, but they're going to try to use that later in games. I, I think they're going to try to take leads and be more aggressive about that than they have in the past. I also think they're going to go for it on fourth down more. Um, it wasn't – the biggest play in their game against Atlanta was they're up two, it's five minutes into the second half, and they're at the, they were at the 36 of Atlanta. They lose two on a third and three play, and it's fourth and five. And I've seen Pete punt. That, that's generally what Pete does in that situation, and it's – defensive coach mindset right like give Mm -hmm. put them in a hole put more yards between us and them you don't want to kick the long field goal and give them a short field if you miss it you don't want to go for it because you're up to and they went for it and they went for the end zone and they ended up scoring a touchdown off of that and I I thought that that was indicative of some of the changes that that we are seeing I think it is going to be in, in some respects a more aggressive offense not that they've ever hesitated to throw the ball down the field but they're a team that if they end up running it more often than they throw it, they're happy with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that if they are more aggressive, uh, it could serve them well this week because I think, you know, one of my general observations, just to clue you in on this team from watching in camp and also the opener, is that, 
yeah, they can run the ball, but I I want to see if this offense can do anything with Cam if they get behind. I mm-hmm. think this is a team that needs to play great defense, get a lead, play ball control. That's their path right now. I think they'll be able to pass more by the end of the season. But right now, you want to go out there, put points on the board, and make Cam Newton have to drop back and pass because that is not a strength. Um, question number three. Uh, I think – you know, everybody sort of knows the defense. We know the linebackers. We know Jamal Adams. Um, I think I think the big question for me is, is that offensive line any better? And it, it does it even matter with what Russell Wilson is doing back there at this point? It does matter, especially if they are going to try to throw the ball a little bit more earlier in games. I, I think that they, they gave up three sacks, and I think it was a total of, of 10 hits on Russell Wilson. Um, two of those sacks were flat out Russell's responsibility. One, he held the ball too long. And the other one, the guy that he, he needed to account for, that if that guy was coming, he needed to, to get rid of the ball. He, he didn't. Um, I don't know if the offensive line is going to be better right off the bat. I think eventually it will be. It looks like they got a really good guard in the rookie, Damian Lewis, third yeah. round pick uh, out of LSU. Their right tackle uh, is... <laughs> people don't tend to get rich taking cast-offs from the Jets. And that's, that's what Shell is. I mean, he's got – it's Art Shell's nephew, so he's got some incredible – Brandon Shell is someone that – and he got, he got put on his butt, like flat-out deposited on his butt in, in, in the first game with a bull rush. Um, but I, I think they eventually will better. They certainly look like they execute green passes in a way that I'd never seen them. Like they, they, they ran the best screen I've seen in Pete Carroll's 11 years here. So I'm, I'm not sure if they are better right now. I think they will be. And actually their protection might matter more this year than it has in recent years. Mm-hmm. Uh, my fourth question is you've seen Cam Newton go up against the Seahawks for many years. Uh, they seem to always play each other. It's almost like uh, – you know, Broncos and the Patriots or Colts and the Patriots. Uh, they have a pretty good track record against Cam and, and don't really let him get loose. Uh, what have you noticed about Cam against that, that Seattle defense? And why do you think uh, they're able to sort of do a better job against him than a lot of other teams do? Yeah, it's statistically Cam. Cam actually, he completes a higher percentage of his passes than average uh, against Seattle compared to all other opponents. And he rushes for about twice as many yards in the, they played six regular season games and two playoff games. So, I mean, they played eight times in this is Cam's 10th season. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a lot of matchups. Yep. And he's statistically, it doesn't jump out. His, his average yards per game and yards per attempt is down against Seattle. I think the best, the best way that I, I, I've come to explain it, I think the speed of, of Bobby Wagner at middle linebacker gives them someone they don't have to account for they, they, can, they can count on Bobby to run him down, yep. and, and he's been able to do that. And they do not give up the big play against him. That's kind of the MO of Seattle's defense is that they'll let you complete stuff underneath. And that's why you'll see, I mean, Matt Ryan threw for 450 yards this last week. <laughs> they don't want to get beat over the top. And I, 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 think, I think in some ways their, their defense is kind of built to stop someone like Cam of like, hey – We'll, we'll keep him. We'll let him complete the underneath stuff. His, his completion percentage might even be up at 60%, which is higher than it usually is for him. But we're not going to give up the big plays, and we're not going to let him get loose for long runs. And the other thing is Cam. Cam's one of the few quarterbacks that can dominate a game or control a game 
attempting 20 or 25 passes, just so big and yep. so physical. Seattle doesn't mind that style. Like you, you used the term when we were talking before that the, their, their matchups were tractor poles. Yep. The first three games that they played against Cam Newton, like neither team scored 20 points. They were all <laughs> in the teens. And there was one game that was like 12, nine, like just, and frankly, both teams are kind of okay with that. And yeah. C- Seattle's, so Seattle's come out on top, but it's not like, it's not like Cam's been bad against them. It's just like Cam playing his game has not translated to success against Seattle, even when he was on some pretty good Panther teams. Yeah, and I'm I'm even obviously I've seen a lot of film on Jamal Adams in his time with the Jets, and I'm, I've been very impressed with him. I haven't I haven't seen watched the Seattle game yet uh, against the Falcons, but uh, I'm very interested to see because he's in terms of playmaking blitzing. I mean, he's definitely different than you know Earl or Cam in terms of you know Adams can you he's probably one of the best blitzers I've ever seen at safety. Uh, Belichick indicated that they did more of that in the first game and any tackles like a Mack truck. And so he's, he's a guy that even helps the Seattle against uh, a Cam Newton uh, even more. So that'll be interesting to see on Sunday night. And so my last question, uh, Danny is uh, what's your pick for Sunday night? What are you feeling? I think with Seattle being at home, and we don't know how that advantage is going to yeah. play out. Like it's, it's weird because Seattle, it has been such a great place for them to play, but I think Seattle coming back home, the fact that they started off so fast on offense, that was the second most points they've scored in a road game in, in Carroll's 10, 10, now 11 seasons. I, I think Seattle's going to get enough. I, I see it being a relatively low scoring game, but 23, 16, something like that. Yeah. Seattle. I, I do think, I think their ability to be more aggressive, I think they are going to get ahead and force Cam to come back. And I'm, I'm not sure if in his second game with that system that they're going to be able to do something like that just yet. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I haven't made my pick yet. I got to watch a little bit more film. But I think this is um, – the, the Dolphins were a nice soft open for the Patriots. It's what they needed with a whole so, so many changes on offense with Cam and everything. But this starts a very tough – stretch for them and I, I got a feeling I mean I remember I went through my predictions I had the Patriots starting four and six and then winning out to make the to win the division again and uh this start this is a really tough matchup for them week two they would have much rather have seen Seattle later in the season I don't think they're quite ready yet and uh but we're looking forward to it so uh Danny I really appreciate your time thanks so much uh you know best of luck and and uh, I'll see you down the road I look forward to seeing you, Greg. Thanks so much for having me on. All right, so there goes Danny O'Neill with Greg. Some great stuff from Danny. Uh, It should be a very, very interesting game. Before we get to the pick that you and I have to make, we're going to make a pick every single week. Of course, remember, BetUS, betus betus.com. Let's go to the bostonsportsjournal.com member question of the day, Greg. Uh, Check us out over at BSJ, 11 cents a day on their annual plan. You have access to Greg, Sean McAdam, Brian Robb, Connor Ryan, Dr. Jessica Flynn, many more to come as well. Boston sports coverage the way you remember it. No clickbait, no BS, no crap, no politics. Just straight, top-notch analysis of your teams from a company that is all New England. All right, this comes from Nut Jim. It's an interesting name, Nut Jim. (laughs) Nut Jim says, uh, Purdue grad here. Well, congratulations, Nut Jim, for uh, graduating from Purdue. Boiler up. That's it. Uh, A big fan of Jawan Bentley, of course. 
Uh, I've read your stuff all summer saying how much pressure is on him this year and he needs to deliver. Is there anything you saw from week one that shows he's not only capable of holding down the spot at the mic, but also in the foreseeable future? Great question from Nut Jim. Um, as with everything, you know, we, we're going to have to let it play out um, because, um, you know, so far in Bentley's career, he hasn't exactly shown a lot of longevity. Uh, you know, he was very promising his rookie year. I thought going into that year, I thought he came on charging hard and that he had earned a starting spot and he basically did that, but then he quickly got hurt. And then he came back his second year and he basically didn't play all that much. And when he did, he wasn't all that effective. He looked slower. And we all knew, you know, we wrote about it all summer at BSJ. Uh, once Dante Hightower hop, uh, opted out, there was a lot of pressure on him. And, yeah, and yeah. that only increased when they didn't bring – I mean, they put, they put Brandon Copeland. Uh, they moved him from the edge to linebacker to give him uh, another veteran out there with him. But, you know, really it's just a bunch of rookies around him. And so the pressure is even greater. And I got to say, you know, for one week, I thought he really delivered. He was one of my top players in the, of the game. Uh, he got after the quarterback. He did a nice job in the running game. He looked the part. Um, you know, whether it's sustainable, uh, we'll see. I mean, let's, let's see what happens against the Seahawks, <laughs> <laughs> you know, on the road. Uh, you know, this, this is a challenge here. And uh, I think it's I think it's a challenge in all three phases of the game for these guys. I think it's 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 a very early measuring stick, but of course the Patriots have a tough early slate of games. Uh, this sort of kicks it off, and but I think I think Bentley looked really good in Week One. Uh, they seemed really happy with his play, and he was physical. He looked a little bit faster, which was important to me, and so we'll see. But they definitely need him to deliver. That's for sure. Yeah, and I think one thing that helps the Patriots and, and helps Bentley is there's no fans. You know, there, there aren't any fans yeah. out there and a usual r loud and ruckus Sunday night football crowd in Seattle and you're trying to communicate with a dot and it, it could get a little messy out there, yep. a little scrambled. And I think they're fortunate that they don't have that kind of atmosphere just yet. And if you do have fans down the road and we're talking, you know, 50%, 70%, if you get there of capacity – Hopefully now he feels comfortable in his own skin and the communication is there. Uh, one more quick question before we get to the, uh, the pick selection that each of us have. What jumped out to me about Miami, and I do wonder how you feel about this walking into this game in week two, not a lot of run for the rookies. Uh, Anwenu was the guy who yep. had the most snaps. He had 22. Uh, Duggar had 11 you know, the guys, they weren't really a big part of the game. Jennings plan. was Uche barely was inactive. In the game. Yep. So and he's also, I think he's on the injury report, which I just got before I came on the air. And Uche has an ankle injury and did not participate on Thursday. Okay. So, and just to give everybody an update while we're at it, it might give us something to talk about. Let's see. Uh, Butler was limited with a shoulder, Copeland with a knee, Edelman with a knee, Harry with a shoulder. And that's it. As far as the, I didn't even know Philip Dorsett's on the Seahawks. Um, oh yeah, but, <laughs> he's, he's out. He's he's on there. I don't know if he's out there, but he's on there. He's yeah. I don't see him on the field very much. <laughs> uh, foot, foot injury. He was limited. Dwayne Brown, resting veteran. I think he basically like. I think he just shows up at the games and plays at this point. So yeah. Um, but Uche apparently has an injury now. Jennings didn't get on the field. 
But yeah, your point is well taken. Um, it, it's just it's typical Bill that he goes into a game, even when he has some finally some rookies that could really play. Asiasi didn't get a target. Uh, Demir Bird, who isn't a rookie but he's new to the team, didn't get a target despite playing eighty eight percent of the snaps. I saw um, your guy Evan Lazar say that uh, Bird actually was open three or four times and Cam just missed him. And he had some video on Twitter showing it that uh, there was one post that he ran that he was wide open, could have been six. There, yeah, there was there was one post that he ran that uh, – Cam and, hit the ground, right? He kind of slid or, or fell. or Yeah, he got hit. There was pressure. That was one of those plays – and I, and I talk about it in my column, and I do in one of the videos with my column, I do talk about that play where, you know, there was a zero blitz and, you know, he gets pressured. And ideally, you'd want Cam just to throw the ball out there and just lay it out there. Um, but, you know, outside of really that, I did not see Demir Bird really, you know, running, you know, all that free. But again, I don't think that was really in the game plan. I think that they wanted to keep everything very simple, uh, from the runs yeah. to the passes, he only he only completed he only threw three passes over ten yards. So I think Demir Bird was kind of window dressing in this game, but they're going to have to get him involved, or else we're going to be talking about Allen Robinson and OBJ every week. All right, let's talk about the pick now. BetUS.com. Seattle is minus four. They're giving the Patriots four. The over under is forty four and a half. How are you feeling about this, Greg? Uh not great. I mean, I, 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 I don't think the, I don't think the Patriots are going to go out there and get blown out or anything like that. I do, you know, we're talking about Seattle might be good on defense, but they still gave up 500 yards to the Falcons and, you know, a lot of points. Now, as, as people just heard in the interview with Danny, uh, the Seahawks are just fine giving, giving up yards. They'll give you everything underneath all you no, want the old Ben don't break Greg yeah, Is that they're, they're doing that a little bit you know dipping into the Belichick playbook uh of nightmare years but uh <laughs> <laughs> they uh I just think that I just think Seattle is you know they're too far along I think this is too early for the Patriots to really be peaking I think they'll the, the Patriots will have some answers early in the game because McDaniels is just that smart we talked about the traps and the screens and, and, uh, and other things, but they just, it, it's just going to be too difficult. And when you talk about the Seahawks, you know, you talk about when they play cam, these, these, and Danny brought it up because we, and he and I talked about it off camera. A lot of these games between the Panthers and the Seahawks were tractor pulls, yeah. like, you know, 12, nine, like, yep. you know, a lot of that stuff. And so I just think, I like Seattle probably by about a touchdown, seven to 10 points. But I just think this is – if they would have faced the Seattle later in the season, I, I might pick a Patriots victory. But I think this is too soon for where Cam is in this offense, and this team is just too fast. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I feel like this is probably a touchdown game. Somewhere around 20 to 13, I, I would not play the over either. So I would go Seattle laying the four with the under 44 and a half. And this, this could have been a different game, like you said, if we're talking week seven, week eight, week nine. Yep. But it's in its infancy, this offense. And I, I just – I think Russell Wilson is too far ahead at this point. And the Patriots will, will keep it tight. But inevitably, I do think Seattle wins this game on Sunday night. Uh, so there you have it. We'll be back with our thoughts uh, early next week about this Seattle-New England uh, Sunday night football game coming up. It should be a good one. It should be 
I think moments of excitement, but definitely not a shootout. Uh, he is Greg Bedard. I am Nick Cattles. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles, and it's always brought to you by BetUS.com. We'll talk to you next week as we react to Seattle, New England. Everybody be safe. Everybody be healthy and enjoy your weekend.